Hey, everybody. Welcome to Ask Me Anything. I am your host, Matt Love. I'm not here with Pastor JD right now because we are going to be sharing just a clip from a sermon that Pastor JD did recently. Um, And we do this sometimes on the podcast because obviously as we're trying to ultimately share uh, good, helpful answers to some of the big questions that people are asking, a lot of times JD's answered those questions in sermons. And so it's easier and and more helpful really just to pull some of those clips. So we're going to do that today. It's going to be a great question that just allows us to dive into even what does it look like to, to think about uh, missions and our place in what God is doing. And so the question today is, how can I know where God is moving? So go ahead and take a listen. David doesn't figure out what he wants to do and then ask God to bless it. He asks God what God wants to do, and then he seeks to follow him. We're gonna see countless examples of this in David's life, like the question that opens up chapter two. If you got your Bible, take a look at it. Chapter two, here's how it opens. After this, David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah? Tell me what you wanna do, God. In one sense, it made a lot of sense because David was supposed to be king and he'd have to have the cities of Judah, so you'd see the answer is, of course. But David's like, no, I wanna wait on God to go first. And so God said to him, yes, you should go up. David said, to which city shall I go up? And the Lord said, to Hebron. So David went up. God, where do you wanna go? Where do you wanna go? I just wanna join you. One of the phrases that we've started using around here at the Summit Church is that success in our ministry, listen, means joining God in what he is doing around us. Success is not attempting great things for God and asking him to bless us. Success is discerning where God is at work and joining him in that. See, listen to this. A lot of us go through life backwards. We assume that God has put us into the world to figure stuff out and to fix everything. So our general attitude is, God, this is what I think needs to be done. So help me in it. Bless me in it. But y'all listen, in every epic of scripture from start to finish, God is the primary actor. God is the one bringing salvation and blessing to the earth. Our job is to discern where he is at work and join him in that. Jesus explained in John 5 that that was his whole ministry philosophy. He said, my father, John 5, 17, my father is always at work around me. And my job is to figure out what he's doing and join him in it. Write this down if you're taking notes. A person after God's own heart seeks to join God in what he is doing. A person after God's own heart seeks to join God in what he's doing. You say, well, what does that mean, though? I mean, that sounds like it's easy for you to stand up there to say, how do you discern where God is at work? That's a great question. It'd be great if we had one of those little, you know, Geiger counters like on Ghostbusters that showed us where the activity of the supernatural was at work. You know, oh, there's the Holy Ghost right there. I know what he's doing, right? How do you actually discern where God is at work? Great question. Let me give you a few biblical answers. Um, Sometimes... It can take the form of a divine call that comes to you through an opportunity that the Spirit invites you into. Uh, Think, for example, of Paul, who got that vision of the man from Macedonia saying, come over here and help us. Paul correctly discerned in that, that God was calling him to go over and be a part of what he was doing in Macedonia. Now, you may not get an actual vision, but God might let you sense some opportunity where you are positioned and gifted to help. And you sense the spirit of God beckoning you saying, come and and join me in what I'm doing. Or maybe it's going to occur in a conversation that that you sense that God has been at work in somebody's heart and he's put you in a place for you to participate in what he's doing. That's what Jesus did with the woman at the well in John 4, the Samaritan woman. He sensed 
that the father had created in her a sense of dissatisfaction through her failed marriages. And he sensed that God had put him there to point out where she could find living water. By the way, all my sharing Jesus on an airplane or in a coffee shop stories, they're all like that. I just ask questions and, and suddenly I get a sense that God has been at work in somebody's life. God's been at work in somebody's life and I join him in that. Sometimes you discern where he is at work by experiencing unusual success in something. As a church, we have been involved in lots of different initiatives. But y'all, we have never experienced the success like we have in missions and church planning. We've experienced a success there that we haven't experienced in anything else. It's like there's a divine wind that just blows behind us in that. We have sent out close to 1,600 of our members in 508 church plants, sent out 1,600 of our members on church planning teams. We perceive that an area, this is an area that God is at work called us to join. People, sometimes other pastors will ask me, they'll be like, well, how do you, what leadership techniques do you use to do that? And I'm like, I don't know. I know it's because I know all these other leadership initiatives I've failed at at the Summit Church. So I don't think it's my leadership. I got a list of a bunch of stuff that I thought were great ideas that just fell flat. But that one, it's been like, no, God has been at work. And he just says, hey, join me in this. This is what I'm doing. Or I was talking with a friend over the break, a friend about my age who, who was just expressing some unsettledness with his small group. It's fine. He enjoys a small group. But there was just a, a, some unsettledness. Well, in the same conversation, he tells me a, a couple of stories about this incredible success that he's been having and satisfaction he's been finding in mentoring some younger couples um, here in our church. And so I said to him, couples in their you know, early 20s and late 20s, and, and I, I finally said to him, it seems to me like God might be calling you back from this small group to start one filled with younger couples that you can mentor. So that's seeking to join God in what he's doing because he's giving you a, a certain amount of success and passion in an area and he's calling you to join. One of the coolest pictures of this principle occurs in David's first battle as king. It's recorded in 2 Samuel 5. So flip, flip, flip over there for a second. It's in verse 22. Listen to this. I love this. The Philistines came up yet again. Chapter 5, verse 22. The Philistines came up yet again and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said... I did. What do you want me to do? God said, listen to this. Whenever you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then rouse yourself. For then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded him. And he struck down the Philistines from Geba to Gezer. Isn't that an awesome picture? When you hear the sound of the marching in the tops of the trees, that means God's on the move. And when you hear God on the move, you should rouse yourself and join him because then you'll know that God has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. When you hear and you see evidence of God moving out, rouse yourself and join him. One of my prayers for 2023 is that God would open up my ears to hear the sound of his marching so that I can join him. You see all, for most of my life, I've done the opposite. I've assumed that it's my responsibility to fix everything and then try to get God's help in that. That's why I pray, God help me fix the stuff that I gotta fix. That's his job, not mine. My job is to join him in what he's doing. At the end of the day, your greatest strategy for success is submission. That's your strategy for success. Let me show you as one example how that's changed my attitude toward parenting. The burden of making my kids turn out right can feel overwhelming. Am I right, parents? I've never felt less qualified for anything in my life. 
I have four teenagers now. My son is the last one. He just turned 13 over Christmas. I got three teenage girls and one teenage boy. Well, a few years ago, um, right before one of our, our staff retreats, I was reading Psalm 136, where King David recounts the history of Israel. And David lists out all these events in Israel's history. And in between every event that he puts in the list, he puts this little refrain, the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. It's in that chapter like 30 sometimes. The effect that you have reading it is that all of Israel's history both the high points and the low points, all of it has been woven together by the always faithful, never quitting, steadfast love of God. And so I asked each of our pastoral team, I said, why don't you write out your own personal history, write it out with the high points and the low points, and in between every major event in your life, just put that line, the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. As I did that for my own life, I got overwhelmed by two realizations. The first realization was that a faithful God really has led me every step of the way. And the good and the bad, my life has been pieced together by the steadfast love of the Lord that has never given up on me. Number two, number two, the second realization, the big one for me, listen to this, was that my biggest spiritual moments were not engineered by my parents or by anybody else. See, I had awesome parents. Some of you know that. But y'all, not one not one of the big turning point moments in my life, spiritually speaking, not one of them was engineered by them. That's not to take away from their role in my life, right, at all. It's just that God wrote my story. God used my parents in the process, but he was the one doing the writing, not them. My life was saved, not by their careful planning, but by his faithful intervention. And then it hit me. God is writing my kids' stories also. He's gonna use me in the process, but ultimately, I'm just the glove, he's the hand. I don't carry the weight of engineering their spiritual growth. He carries that weight. I just have to join him in what he is doing in their lives. That is a fundamentally different approach. You understand that? He bears the weight, not me. When I carry the weight, it leads to frustration and burnout and anger. When he carries that weight, I can live with confidence and rest. Hey, Summit Church, good news. This year, I'm not responsible to win my neighbors or my friends or my kids or my family to Christ. The Holy Spirit does that. I'm not responsible to grow this church, either numerically or spiritually. That's not on me. He does that. He invites me to join in what he is doing, which means that more important than great ideas I might have for God are ears to hear what he's saying and eyes to see what he's doing so I can join him. The first quality that makes David a man after God's own heart is a posture of submission. Is that your attitude towards your life? It's your attitude towards your dating life, those of you that are single, your career, your retirement. God, open my eyes so I can join you in what you're doing. Well, I hope that was helpful for you guys. And again, we're really glad that we could pull some of these clips from Pastor JD's sermons to just help answer some of these really uh, important questions uh, that I know a lot of people are asking. If you want to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s sermons, you heard that clip and you'd love to hear more or hear an entire sermon, a lot of his sermons, podcasts, articles, other content from J.D. Um, is at his website, jdgreer.com, and we would really encourage you to go check that out. And we will see you next time on Ask Me Anything.